0: Hey there, my name's Chris Rivers. I wanna thank you for joining us today. And if this is your first time with us, welcome to the Culture Bus Tools podcast. I'm really glad that you're here. Today, I'm launching season two of the podcast and providing you with some content to help you replicate leaders. My hope in season two is to start giving you some tools you can share with your tribe to drive conversations that could lead to life change. Visit culturebus.cc to access additional tools focused on each episode so you can create forward movement with your team. Okay, let's dive into today's teaching that I gave to staff at Grace Church in Greenville, South Carolina last year. I want you to be thinking about someone that you could replicate as a leader. So just think about that for a second. So keep that in mind. Think of a person. I got a person in my mind. I loved last weekend. It was awesome. I wish that we had this whole like booth to get people Plugged into volunteering. I I know we don't do that at our church, but it would have been really cool. It's a great intro to what we're going to talk about today. Volunteering isn't just a chance for people to discover their gifts. I think it's also a great place for us to create a vehicle for replicating leaders. And I'm sure all of you have experienced that. For me, I have found a helpful way to do that with people, and uh, uh, it's these four stages. And I'm going to kind of walk you through these. I do. You watch. I do. You help. You do, I help, and you do, I celebrate. Okay, so this has been really helpful for me. We're going to talk a little bit about this. So if we can go to the next slide. Um, This progression has been really helpful for me because it allows me to create points for positive encouragement but also constructive critique. And eventually what happens and what I've seen in this process is that eventually someone's able to get behind the wheel and take someone on a journey too. And so that's what I want for you guys. So as you're thinking through this person, like I want you to take them through these stages. And um, many of us, I'm I'm sure many of us have stories that you could think about of people that have done this with you. You know, maybe it's someone giving you a personal ask um, to be part of a ministry. Maybe it's build someone building relational capital with us. Um, maybe we remember someone challenging us to do something extremely difficult, <laughs> whether it's standing up or just doing something that is not your bent, so to say. Maybe we remember someone helping us become more self-aware. Um, maybe we remember someone giving us a strategic exposure to ministry. I know I remember someone doing that for me, and it's been a game changer for my life. Um, Maybe we remember someone casting a compelling vision of what it looks like to be a contributor rather than a consumer. Uh, maybe we even remember someone expressing their appreciation to us regularly. There's nothing like having encouragement when you've done something that you think, oh, I don't know if I did this well, and I know we're not a very self-promoting culture. I mean, gosh, it was very difficult for me to even get these pictures. But when someone encourages you, man, there's nothing like that when you like, man, this is great. Um, maybe uh, we remember someone uh, expressing their appreciation to us. Or just challenging us to go out and replicate what they did with us with someone else. There's just nothing better than that. Uh, We all have these life-changing stories. And I'm sure we could... If we can go to the, if, if, we, if we have so many of them, I mean, I'm telling you, as I was researching and asking people, um, I found so many pictures of Leanne Cavan. So she's the hero of today's story. Um, and she's like probably crying right now. But um, so, so how do we do this on a practical level? I wanted to share with you guys a story of how I, I did this with my son. Um, Riley is my oldest. He's 14 now. This is a picture of us out in Seattle. We did like a boy weekend. When he turned as a teenager, and um, when Ry- he's 14 now, when Riley was 12, I had I told him, "Man, listen, you need to get a sport. Like this is what you need to do." And um, he was real passive about it, so I just was like, "Hey, you're gonna come work out with me and my buddies." So I work out with these guys called it's a group called F3, and what's funny is that he hasn't left our group. Like he is still with us. He's a contributor to our group and um so um it was really a very powerful thing and so when he was 12 i had this idea i'm going to take him through these four stages i want him to carry some weight in our group i want him to lead i got guys that are you know 40 in their 50s, we got a guy that's 65. I mean, it's just a random hodgepodge of guys and we work out together. And so I'm like, I'm gonna take him through these stages. I want him to, to lead a workout. That's what I want him to do. So we, um, I, I sat down with him and I basically shared with him you know, what this was gonna look like. He had already been coming for several months. I mean, it's pretty impressive. He would show up with us. You can go to the next slide, um, Spencer. But um, we, we sat down, we talked about what this was going to look like. I gave him a vision for what leading a workout was going to look like. He'd already seen guys do this every week, so it wasn't very difficult. But he was a little nervous, so we'd sit down and we'd talk about this. Um, but I wanted him to be able to carry the weight of the group um, and the expectation of leading. Um, and, and so the, it started, the process started. And um, the next slide, um, one time before uh, a workout, I asked him to help me. Um, we, we had kind of talked a little bit about what that was going to look like. There's a little exercise. We do this warm-up. It's about eight minutes. And I was like, you're going to lead the warm-up. It's eight minutes. Come up with three things. Let's talk about it. And he did it. Like, he, it, was, it was great. And um, I, I did that because I wanted him to feel the weight a little bit without feeling all of the responsibility. Um, I didn't want to just throw him in there and say, you're going to do this. And he loses his dang mind and never want to come again. And so that was one of the big reasons there. Um, so that was that I do, you help. In the you, in the you do, I help, um, I, uh, our group, we, we kind of send out these requests. We're like, hey, we need people to work out. We need people to lead the workout. And so I'm like, Riley's doing it. You know, and and so we sat down and we put together a workout and this is a picture of him kind of being very creative. I was like, a board, a cardboard, you're gonna draw it? Yeah, I'm gonna draw it, Dad. I mean, it was really cool to watch him kind of own that. And he was really scared. He didn't know what was gonna happen. And but I offered my assistance. I was like, hey man, can I help you with the workout? He's like, Yeah, you know what? You can pray at the end of the workout. How about that? You're an old man, you could do that. Like, okay, whatever. Um, so as you know, he went out, I was really blown away. I was very proud of him. He killed it. And the guys were really blown away by his ingenuity and creativity. And I didn't really realize how creative he was until I put him in these stages. And, um, what's interesting that you do, I celebrate like Rachel and I are still celebrating with him. I mean, this kid is getting up with me at 4:50 in the morning, three days a week, and we're working out. And I mean, a couple of weeks ago it was still rain and cold 27 degrees i mean it's pretty impressive to see that and so we're celebrating with him and so the potential to use environments to replicate leadership is really endless. And, I mean, we can do this in group life leaders, and we probably, I mean, I'm not assuming we don't do these. I'm just, these are all the things that I think about with these stages. But hosting, um, setting up for events, using technology, managing schedules, I mean, really the list kind of is endless. It, it doesn't really matter. It's just inviting somebody to join you and do this. So um, what I wanted to do is I wanted to talk talk about a couple ideas. I got a couple more minutes, and I want to share a couple ideas of what, like, each stage is when I'm thinking about this and just some ideas practically, okay? So in stage one, I do you watch. In this stage, you're really just asking someone to join you. I mean, that's really what you're doing. You're just asking someone to help you, Um, and and that's sometimes the first start. I mean, just go ask somebody. I asked you to think of someone's name, so you probably, Holy Spirit's already inspired you, so it's like all you got to do is just go ask them, You know, and the other thing that we need to think about in this stage is that we need to cast a vision for what leadership looks like. So when I sat down with Riley, I'm like, hey, man, this is what it's going to look like. When when we've sat down with Connect Team leaders and we're like, hey, this is what I want this to look like. This is where I see you doing this. And so for me, when I'm thinking about this, I think about character and competency. Okay, character and competency. So there's skills. You know, you're going to go say, hey, man, I'm going to ask another guy to come do worship leading with me. I don't know how that process starts, but, like, there's, there's competency to that. you got to learn how to play a, a, a guitar or whatever. Um, but there's a character side to that, too. I mean, it's posture of heart, and we talk about this in group life, Jeremiah 17, you know, the two trees and all that stuff. And so there's character competency to that. So casting a vision for, like, hey, this is what I, I see you doing. Because people don't, people are so anxious and scared already that they need to see a picture for what you want for them. I believe that, and so um, I think that's real important in this stage. Another thing is is that you need to provide them with resources. Okay, this is big. So Hudson, if I asked you to build a birdhouse, do you think you could do it? Maybe. Maybe. Right now, if I cast a compelling vision to you for why we need this done for our mosaic ministry, and I pre-cut the wood, and I give you a how-to YouTube video, and I give you maybe a number for someone that Joe Clary knows, I mean, it'd be pretty hard for you not to fail, you know? So effective equipping, leadership replication, it's about putting all the tools in people's hands so that they're set up for success. We see this in First Chronicles 28-29. David, he was not the one chosen to build the temple. And so, man, when he realized that that happened, and Solomon was the guy, he did everything he could to set Solomon up for success. You know, he, he got the leaders in the room, he got all the money, he gave all of his money, he wrote the plans for the portico. I mean, he did all this stuff and all Solomon had to do was show up. And so it's, it's pretty hard not to fail when you set someone up for that kind of environment. So that's real important. I think another thing in this stage is that we need to make them aware of the problem you're solving. Okay, so people don't care about your solution until they're emotionally connected to the problem it solves. Okay, so what I mean by that is people don't care about your solution, your ministry, your thing that you're doing until they're emotionally connected to the problem it solves. So you got to help people see what we're doing and the problem that we're actually solving. So when we did this with Connect, the issue uh, that we were trying to help leaders see is that man if we don't create a welcoming environment it becomes difficult for people to get connected into our church so like the first 11 minutes is real important so if you're not hospitable I mean people make a decision to come back within the first 11 minutes so work on the first 11 minutes you know so that was the problem that we tried to solve and and show them So that's what I think is really important in the first stage. The second stage, I do you help. In this stage, you're asking them what they learned after watching you go first. Okay, so... No one likes to be told what to do. We're a culture. We Google everything. We try to figure things out. But when you show someone what you can do, like, hey, let me show you how these chords work. Or let me show you how this song. Let me show you how I stand. Let me show you what my heart looks like before I show up and I get on stage. I mean, I'm just talking out loud here. That's what I do. If I Maybe I should worship. I want to worship, man. Um, I need to learn a guitar. Maybe someone could put me on their list, take me through the four stages. Um, but just listen and adjust. That's what we're doing. Just listen and adjust. Um, I think we also need to challenge them to choose a time to help you carry some of the weight and not all of it. So I did this with our Connect team leaders, with Kim McMaster at our um, Thursday night service, and I did a couple huddles with him. I invited him to come see how we lead this huddle, and, you know, I just hey, would you just lead a part of it? You know, like one of the things that's real important in our huddle is we need to tell people what's going on with events. So you just do that one section, and I'll lead the rest. Can you do that? Yeah. When can you do it, you know? And um, so we're really helping them experience a win here. The goal is to let them carry enough of the weight without feeling all of the responsibility. And I think after that happens, you're basically asking them for the big ask. You know, <laughs> this is where persuasion comes in. You You know, it's one thing to have to ask somebody to do something, but it's another thing when you've invested in them enough and they see that you care about them and you're actually intentional with them. Because most of the time we just get thrown into stuff. We're like, figure it out, man. You know, and that can be done sometimes, but I appreciate when someone walks alongside with me um, and, you know, helps me see something. So stage three, you do, I help. Um, In this stage, we're really giving them a chance to lead by getting out of the way. This is real hard (laughs) because we gotta loosen our grip on what we have. And but we've got to be willing to open our hands so we can receive something. So, so what does that look like for you? How do you get out of the way? Um, I think we also need to, in this stage, think about offering our support. So there's a difference between throwing someone in the deep end and saying, "Hey, just figure this thing out," and saying, "Hey, listen, like I can help you," or you know maybe helping them looks like texting them two days before and just said, hey, just wanted to remind you this is happening. I'm really excited you're a part of this with me. Thank you again for doing this. That might be what help is, Um, is just being real intentional with them in a sense that they feel like you're on their team. Um, And I think um, in this stage, we're also remembering the 80% rule. So we've heard that. I know I've heard some of you guys say that. So if if somebody can do something 80% of what you can do, then be okay with that. Like, perfection is not the thing that we're trying to do. Like, 80% is great. Um, Okay, so last stage, stage four, you do, I celebrate. In this stage, you're really challenging them to replicate the previous stages with someone else. This is really hard. I mean, if I can get Riley to start asking people to come to F3 and he does the same thing with him, then, I mean, Jesus should just take me home, you know? I mean... Just kidding. Um, I didn't get a lot of laughs from that. Um, okay, whatever. Um, so I think, I think in this stage we're just continuing to thank them. We're continuing to celebrate with them. And I think this is another important thing. We're finding someone else to do these stages with. We've got to find someone else, man. We've we got to replicate ourselves in the leadership that God's given us. And so, so I think those are some ideas. Here's the question. Why is this important? You know, what's at stake if we don't do this as a church? Um, I think the first thing that is at stake is the mission. The mission is at stake. Um, It only takes one generation and it's over, (laughs) you know, and so um, we have to be replicating leaders. So who's going to carry the torch when you're not here? You know, what happens when, when God asks you to do something else? You know, it's hard to replicate leaders, but it's also hard because we just, if we're not, if we are all doing this, if we all take this one person and we start replicating ourselves, we're that much, man, when we say, hey, we want to go here to this town or this city, or we want to do this specific ministry, we have more leaders to be able to do that. I mean, Donald is kind of. You know, he's got the privilege of stealing all of our people, but there's going to be maybe another campus one day that's going to steal all his people, so he better get to town, you know. So there's lots of work that we have to do. Um, I really, I I pray that I always feel the urgency um, to be intentional with people and replicate what God's done in my life. I mean, every day I'm trying to figure out how do I do this. Um, So the first thing that is at stake is the mission. I think the next thing that people are at stake Okay, so people are at stake. Um, Jesus called us to make disciples. And um, I, I've enjoyed some of the things that Matt says, um, but some of it is like the slow crockpot growth, you know, like I appreciate that. And so there are those moments where um, we are intentional with people and it just, this process has really helped me to just take baby steps with people and baby steps with people. Um, We need to bridge the gap for people. There's a lot of temperaments, different type of temperaments in this room. There's some people that like, they can just go out and kill it. You know, they just, you just give them one thing and they're done. But there's a lot of people in here that, maybe not in here, but there are, might be people that we connect with that are, they don't have that kind of drive. They, they're they more focused on like harmonious relationships and details make them run away, you know. And so when you provide the tools and you provide the intentionality, it, it, it's easy for them to take next steps. Um, You're basically inviting people into doing ministry with you. And we talk about VIA in in Connect Team, visibility, intentionality, authenticity. I mean, it's just being that with someone, you know. So um, the mission's at stake. People are at stake. And I think, lastly, you are at stake. So I think you are at stake. Um, When you take a chance on replicating leaders, you just develop yourself, I mean I've learned every smart thing that I think I have have learned it from someone else you know and it's been through the fire of just growing and oh man I shouldn't have done that I'll do this the next time you know so um replicating leaders is an overflow of discipleship and development done well and so that's <laughs> I think I think we're a church that cares about that so I think this should come natural to us so I asked you that person. I asked you about that person to be think about, to be thinking about. So do you think that they would rather be thrown into something and have to figure it out on their own? Or do you think that they would appreciate you coming alongside them and quipping them to hit a home run? Okay, so so think about that. Think about that person. Um, on that sheet, I put some questions for reflection. You know, maybe take some time by yourself, get with the Lord, take 30 minutes. Um, and just review these ideas and just say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Who do you want me to invest in? Who do you want me to replicate? And, um, And I hope that encourages you. So, all right, thanks. Well, as we finish today's episode, I want to thank you for joining us. I hope that you enjoyed that teaching that I gave to Grace Church staff in Greenville, South Carolina. If you'd like to have the training tool that I mentioned for this episode, email me at hello at culturebus.cc or check out the show notes for more information. And if you're new to the podcast, consider signing up to receive these tools in your inbox with each new episode. When you sign up, you'll gain access to the Culture Bus Tools Archive, which currently has over 27 leadership tools to help you and your team increase their capacity and effectiveness with people. Not to mention, I have four other podcasts that I could share with you where we're helping develop leaders in the same concept in other ministries. So head on over to culturebus.cc forward slash podcast to sign up. And one more thing. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, I would love your help in getting the word out. You can do that by subscribing to your favorite podcasting platform, giving us a review and telling others about the show. All right. I'll see you next time on the Culture Bus Tools podcast.